Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Strange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during, and after their time on the programme. Okay, welcome to the next episode of Sausage on a Fork, and I'm absolutely delighted to say that I have been joined for this episode by none other than Simone Nylander, who played Janet Sinclair. Simone, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Welcome. Good morning, good morning. What we'll do, Simone, is we'll start this episode the way we start every episode, and if we go right back, and if you can just tell us how you got into acting. Um, So... At the time, now I don't know if I was a real hectic child, but my mother pretty much wanted me to be occupied um, in like after school clubs. Uh And she came across the infamous Anna Shares Theatrical School, which was based in Islington. And I kind of signed up for her classes, which I believe, if I can remember, um, it was every Tuesdays and Thursdays evening. So something like six o'clock to 7.30. Um, and essentially, we just went through all the usual kind of warm ups that actors do and a lot of um, kind of made up plays. And yeah, it was great. And um, every so often we'll see a whole board of different auditions that were taking place. And soon, not soon after I'd signed up, I got an audition for Grange Hill. Right. Um, which, you know, at the time I was like, great. But I don't think I was really overly excited. It was like, okay, this is what I have to do. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I didn't really kind of understand the whole magnitude of like how popular right. it was at the time. Um, and yeah, and so the whole process was that my agent, Anna, she was like, you have to be at the BBC White City because that's when that's where we initially were doing all the auditions and filming. It was at BBC White City Centre. Um and yeah, I had to be at this place and there were hundreds of kids, which right. was very overwhelming at the time. Uh-huh. And they all seemed very theatrical. And, you know, for me, it was very much like, you know, I'm just this schoolgirl from North London. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, was, I think I was seven at the time, just turned seven. Right. So yeah, so my mother was my chaperone. Um, and yeah, we just had to go. It was a whole day of different little workshops and were told to make a story on the spot which I hated or on the spot which I was like oh god this is awful um but everybody seemed to be really into it and I just remember these kids are so full-on um so I I think looking back if I was the director I'd be thinking god this school girl really doesn't like to get involved in anything (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah because I just remember the director said so can you tell us a joke Simone I was like no like (laughs) very flat not really participating or being like a typical seven-year-old um but yeah so that was it really and I think I had to maybe read a few lines from a script that they had um right. and then me doing the lines so I was very good at being you know you do yeah. something and I, I just did it and that was yeah. it really so- and I, think I got a call back I think I got a call back I'm not quite sure but I do remember in the green room they had some really cool cookies and I, I think I was more <laughs> about that <laughs> Right. So just just going back then to to Anna Shears, was there anyone at Anna Shears with you who had you know was yeah, uh, in great deal um, anything like that? Susan Tully. Um, right. there there was like Jake Wood, which I can't remember if Jake Wood actually did Grain Chill and then did EastEnders. I'm not too sure. Uh, yeah, don't... Palmer, right. um, you know Sid Owen, um, Lee McDonald. You know, yeah. I mean, like every the majority were 
it was Anna Scher, Sylvie Young's Italia Conti, Barbara uh-huh. Speak. They were the main kind of stage schools, even though we weren't a stage school, we were like more like an evening theatrical club. Um, but they were the main ones that the actors were signed right. up or represented by. Right. And so you you just said, you know, you didn't think at the time you didn't realise what a, what a big deal it was being in Grange Hill. Were you aware? Did you watch no, it? I was aware of Grange Hill, but I wasn't allowed to, you know, my parents were very strict. Right. Old school parents. And, you know, that was under no certain terms must their firstborn watch such a programme. So right. it was like that. <laughs> um, but I'm sure I sneaked, sneakily watched a few episodes and I thought I was being such yeah. a been so rogue <laughs> yeah. like that um but yeah so I was fully aware but it was just like oh I've got an audition for Grain Chill I was I don't remember being nervous or anything I just remember being told you have to turn up at a certain time and you just got to follow instructions and yeah that was it so right. but and yeah so, and so had you had no sort of television work before then no right Right. Okay. So, so then, what was it like? Because you joined series five, nineteen eighty-one. You would have been filming that. It was still like in its infancy at the time. What was it like joining a program? Because obviously, you were a, you. You just said there you were like seven or eight years old. Yeah, I mean, you were a lot younger than. I was so much younger, and but then the, there was part of me which was I kind of liked the fact that I was with the older crowd. Right. You know, yeah. Um, you know, I was with the producer and the sound boom guy and the technician and the wardrobe mistress. I, you know, it was all very adult. I mean, yeah. you think about a seven-year-old and, you know, you've got the lighting and you've got the cameras and you've got makeup artists. You know, you've got all these adults around you. So for uh-huh. me, I kind of loved that aspect of it. Not necessarily yeah. being with any of the other actors because most of them annoyed me. But... <laughs> I kind of liked being around adults because then it made me feel adult uh-huh. and it kind of suited my character, which was kind of very straight laced. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. So. You joined there, as, as I've just said, the series five playing Janet Sinclair. Now, please take this in the right way. Cause obviously the focus of that year group was on six other characters when they started. So you had uh, Samo, Jonah and Roland and you had Annette, Faye and Belinda at the time. Were you sort of made aware that even though you were joining the cast, you weren't one of these main characters, so to speak? No, not really. You know, right. at seven, I just, had I done loads of, you know, filming and I was in the industry uh-huh. well before then. Yeah, maybe I would have been aware, but it's not something that would have been I would have been mindful about. Okay, okay. No, I I was just wondering there, like, so the first time we really saw Janet was when she was describing her first week at Grange Hill, and and I love it. I, I I was watching it the other day in preparation for this, and it just sounds like most kids' first week. At any high school, you know, because it was everything was so big and it was, you know, there was all sorts of different corridors and different rooms. And it is a big thing, isn't it? And I just love that because, as you've said there, Janet was very straight laced. What I liked about she was really clever and she's possibly the nicest pupil that ever went to Grange Hill. <laughs> you know, she, she, she wants to do everything for everyone. But equally, she also didn't have any filter. Yeah. <laughs> whatever was in her mind, she would just come out with it. And yeah. I suppose if, you know, if she was in this day and age, it would be like, you know, you can't say that. Yeah, yeah. Come out and talk about someone's body image like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it came from a right place. And yeah. she really did care about Roland and, or Roland. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so in, in, in that sense, what you were saying about 
starting the first day at school, it was a bit like that because, you know, you had the whole crew, you had the whole production, uh -huh. and you had all these new talent. So, and nobody knew each other and everyone's yeah. trying to find their place. So, yeah. you know, all that kind of emotions were, you know, it was real, it was quite raw. Um, but essentially, um, I just kind of got on with it. Yeah, yeah. You just said something there, which obviously I need to ask you about because in... The Chessington Zoo episode, which I believe was the first episode that you filmed, we hear the words that become synonymous with Janet uh, for the first time we hear it. And it's probably actually the only time we actually hear the sentence, I'm trying to help you, Roland. Now, I know you will have been asked this a million times before. Why was it Roland and not Roland like everyone else? <laughs> I think when I was reading the script, it was kind of, you just had R-O and then L hyphen A hyphen. And I was just thinking, so in my head, I'm thinking of it phonetically. I'm yeah. supposed to say, well, either, you know, I suppose a, an actor could take um, certain words in a certain way. But when I read it, I read it phonetically and said, row land. But in hindsight, I guess what the writer was trying to establish, that maybe I was trying to emphasise his name because I was trying to get my point across, right. whatever that was. Yeah. But I just said Roland. And I remember the director was like, you've got to say it like that. Right. That's how I want to say it. That, that's how you have to say it. And I was like, Roland? Like, just say it how you said it before, Simone. Fine. And it just stuck. Um yeah. And it's still stuck. <laughs> years later, there's that Roland bird. Um, so, yeah, so that's how it came about. Uh, I read it phonetically right. as a seven-year-old child. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. The, the question answered for us. So you said there, you know, as well, that Janet seemed to have no filter because Roland accused her then of teasing him, but she did genuinely just want to help him. She wants to look, out, look after him, didn't she? Yeah, 100%. I just think in her head, she just couldn't fathom anyone being that size and then always constantly eating the wrong types of foods. Mm -hmm. So she clearly was into eating healthy foods at the time. Uh -huh. But, you know, him stuffing himself with, you know, Pepsi or Fanta and, and salt and vinegar crisps, she just really couldn't get her head around it and the lack of um, exercise. So she's just like, well, you know, if you cut those things off, then you won't be as fat because yes. you're only going to get fatter and fatter. I mean, gosh, you think about the lines. <laughs> <laughs> that is, could not be said now. Well, mind you, these days, so much more is worse, yeah. to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, yeah, it all came from a good place. And I know he construed it as, oh, you know, you're just teasing me, leave me alone. And it's just like, well, I'm just trying to help you. Yeah. I mean, it was very black and white with her yeah. so um yeah funny little thing like i say i i, I just thought she was always what the, the, the nicest character Granger, like, so but... i could tell you this now if, <laughs> if janet st Clair was in my class like in let's say in this day and age i would i don't think i would be friends with her right. <laughs> really irritating so um yeah i don't think that would happen <laughs> right okay so then was there anyone that you were particularly close to on the show yeah it would have been Erkan because right. obviously I had most of my scenes with him mm -hmm. um and then I was really close to um who was I close to yeah I guess I was close to nearly all of them I suppose um mm -hmm. 
yeah, I mean, we all used to play pranks on one another. I, I really fancied um, Lee Spark, who played Jonah. Right. <laughs> I remember seeing him thinking, God, why can't I have scenes with him? <laughs> <laughs> why do I have to have scenes with Erkin? Sorry, Erkin. But, you know, I remember at the time thinking he was like the most beautiful boy I'd ever seen. You know? Right. Yeah. Okay. You've said you, you worked a lot with, with Erkin. Was there anyone that you really enjoyed working with in, in, in another way rather than just being friends with god what was that you probably will know it was one of the teachers glasses dark hair you know attractive looking can't remember her name oh uh, lucinda gain miss mooney that's it yeah Yeah. i loved working with her i mean and again i had a few scenes with her Uh um but she was lovely you know she was always very accommodating and you know she always used to say that she was amazed how i you know i knew all my lines um, yeah. And I always try to be, you know, again, try to be adult. Yeah. When you're younger, you always want to be a lot older than you actually are. Um, yeah, she was really lovely. And I think I always wanted to, you know, have a scene with like Gripper, like right. classic characters. Yeah. Because they always had such like really interesting scenes. Yeah. Because my scenes were just very straight. I was either following the teacher with my satchel and my two bunches, but, you know, you know, like you've got scenes where, you know, the boys went in in the water in Chesington or they were being chased by the kids yeah. or something. I always <laughs> wanted to do something like that, but um, they were all really nice working with them. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, you did have a scene with Gripper, didn't you? There was one scene where... I when... cannot remember, really. Well, yeah, when the, the racism storyline was, was heavy in, in Grange Hill and there's one scene where he grabs hold of you no, and, and his mate grabs hold of another girl who you're with who I don't think his name, it's and they have a go. But it's literally, oh, I've got to look out for that. Have you got that clip? I'll, I'll find Can it, I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll get that over to oh, you. Oh, yeah. gosh, that's so bad. I, I really don't remember. Well, like that. I say, I mean, it, it, it's about 30 seconds long, as I say. It, it's when it's all coming to a head with Griffith and the lads and stuff that when, when it happens. So You've just mentioned there about uh, Lucinda Gain, who played Miss Mooney. What was the generally the relationship between the kids and the adults like? Yeah, I mean, look, we were all really professional. I mean, we all had our different kind of individual personalities. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we all respected the crew's time, you know, the other actors' time, um, because it's always kind of at a tight schedule. And especially when you're filming on location, you know, there's only a certain amount of times that, or hours rather, that a child could work because of child licensing. So we were always very, very professional with one another, um, but equally always excited, like knowing oh, what scene, because not all the time the scenes are done in sequence. Yeah. So um, we just respected everyone's time and we just kind of, again, it was just very simple. You know, we just got on with it. We had our lines, we had to learn our lines, we'd do our scenes together. We're probably stuffing ourselves because they used to do really amazing bacon fats, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, that was it. Yeah. Or Brilliant. sometimes we might have like um, kind of tutors who would travel with us if we right. missed a certain amount of school as well. Yeah, because you've, you've mentioned location there, and obviously your year group did quite a bit on a location because obviously you mentioned Chessington, then there was the yeah, Chessington, and I think we went to Yorkshire. There was the, yeah the outward bounds thing in Wales. Yeah, um, in Wales. Um, yeah, we did quite a bit actually all over. Yeah. 
But it was amazing. I mean, I think what fascinated me, I mean, going on different locations, literally like going on a school trip, right? Yeah. Um, what fascinated me is like when, you know, the classroom setups at um, the BBC Centre and they weren't real. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if you had to have a scene where you're, you know, banging the door and you're, you're getting out of the classroom with your rucksack and you might see the walls moving either side. <laughs> I always found the setup incredible. Oh, there were real desks. Yeah. Um, you know, there were real accessories, but, you know, the surrounding, how to make it, everything was fake. Um, yeah. And I found that fascinating as a child. Because yeah. obviously when you watch on TV, it looks so real. Uh -huh. um, okay, so move on into Series 6. I've just mentioned The Outward Bound, which we'll come to in a minute. Because in Series 6, Diane Cooney joined, played by Julianne Steele. Then Roland started picking on, on, on Diane Cooney. And there was a bit where... Jana puts Roland in his place when he's doing it as well. Um, because she, didn't she always put Roland in his place? She said to him, you know, you know what it's like to get picked on. You know, you shouldn't be doing it and stuff like that. Um, for saying that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and then there's, we see another side to Janet. I love this bit because Zamo and Jonah are talking about a girl's time of the month. And it's apparent they don't really know what they're talking about. And you just see Janet laughing at them, which is a side you never really saw of Janet and I think there was some kind of um, underlying smugness that would come up <laughs> often and it was very very subtle but if you were quite astute in looking at these things you'll spot it but you know there's always that element where she'll say something and you'll see that realisation of what she's really thinking yeah. deep inside or she'll make some little looks <laughs> there was definitely another little side to her which I, I wish that it was explored more yeah to me yeah, no, I, I, I do like that. Oh, you got to go to St Albans as well. Well, it's a, it was a, a day in the episode. I'm guessing it was it might have been a little bit longer than that. Yeah. And then in that series as well, we, we've mentioned a couple of times that Janet had no filter, but I think she was quite philosophical in some of the things that she says, you know, with, you know, uh, are you eating because you're depressed and then you'll become depressed because you're eating and oh, stuff like that. I'm trying to be some kind of therapist. Like <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it's, you're right. I mean, there were times, I think it depends on her mood and if she had done all her work on time and then she had a clear head to really try and overanalyze yeah. someone who really didn't care what was coming out of her mouth. Um, yeah, she had, there were different facets to her. But ultimately, I just, she was quite irritating. <laughs> <laughs> She's just such an irritating character. And the thing is, I was so opposite Right. What she was like in yeah. real life. Um, right. So, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that she says is when Roland's walking out of school and she says to him, and I love this, running away from your problems won't solve them. They'll still be there when you get back. And again, She's it's... wise head on her Yeah, shoulders. definitely. Definitely. So we mentioned the Outward Bound trip. What was it like for you on filming on that one? What, getting up at three? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was like, I mean, I look back at it and I was really quite organised and disciplined. I mean, you know, a child having to wake up at that early time of the morning. Uh -huh. But again, like I said, you know, the schedule was really quite tight and you had to respect the crews and productions time. So again, I was really good at following orders, instructions, <laughs> right. and, you know, the chaperones would be waiting for us and then we'll get on a coach or I'll be in a car and it will take us to wherever we needed to go. But again, it was that whole kind of excitement as if it, you were going on a day out. Um, right. Yeah. 
So not only did you have to enjoy being in a lovely location, but you, you know, you had to do your work. You know, we were working actors who just had to learn our lines. And I think my biggest thing back then is forgetting lines. Right. Because it takes so much time. It's like cut and then you've got to start again. Um, so you're constantly learning lines the whole time. And then there could be changes in scenes. And yeah, I... Yeah, I just I look back and I just don't know how I did it. Right. <laughs> and, and and do you have any particular favourite episodes or storylines that you were involved with? I think there was, a, and I don't, I, I really can't remember if it was broadcast, but I think you get to see Janet's home life. Right. And so Janet's mother came into play a lot further down the line. I kind of like that because then you kind of see what her home life was like and her relationships with her family. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ask me what scene or year that was. <laughs> you will probably know more than me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of like that because it's just, you know, it was all the time that Janet was either, you know, not picking on Rowley, but, you know, she was on his case or I was following a teacher and asking benign questions. or right. you know. So I kind of like that side of things when, you know, it was kind of away from the school setting and it was uh-huh. like home life. It was just different. Yeah. So again, moving on then. So series seven is the series when Roland started changing a, a little bit and Janet noticed there was a change in him in some way with the fact that he was always, eat- she goes on about him always eating fish and chips for his tea. His shirts weren't clean and stuff. And, and then she realised that there was some kind of neglect going on in Roland's yeah, life. I think what you... I think with Janet, because she was so aware of what Rowley was like, and then she, because she was, you know, she was very astute and focused on him, uh-huh. she could see the changes. So if he was coming into school very unkempt, you know, that would strike a chord thinking, you know, in her therapist kind of way, <laughs> that doesn't seem right. What's going on? And she'll probably overanalyze it and then she'll verbalize it. Uh, you know, she, you know, her mind was always ticking. And yeah. again, you know, I guess deep down that would really concern her a lot because, you know, I, you know, you can imagine if you see that slow transition of someone changing in school, it's, you know, it's somewhat disturbing. Yeah. And I think that would have been very prevalent with Janet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, also in that series um, was when Jeremy drowned in the swimming pool. Were you involved in that scene? I don't think I... Hmm. I'm sure I've done a lot of swimming pool scenes, actually. I can't remember that one, though. Right. I said that. So, yeah. That might... was, I mean, that was a, a big thing for, for me as a viewer at the time. So I can't believe they've just, they've just drowned him there. Like, okay. And then we talked about, you know, the thing with Roland. Janet went to Roland's house. And, found, you know, the door was unlocked and then the dad came in played by Mike Savage, and told her that the mum had left and Roland hadn't told anyone. And he, I think it's Roland's dad calls Janet a busybody, which... Uh... Yeah, I can imagine. That <laughs> was, and I suppose rightly so. But again, <laughs> anything that she did was always came at a, from a good place. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah. if you came from a family background like Roley's, yeah, he would think, who is this girl who's just in my face? Yeah. <laughs> Go away. Yeah. And then in that series, again, there was another location because you had an orienteering weekend as well. I'm not That might have been when you mentioned Yorkshire before. I remember going to Yorkshire. Do you remember the 
what was that film? Was it the American Werewolf in? Oh yeah, there was American Werewolf in London. Yeah, there was American Werewolf in London, and there was American Werewolf. What was the first one? Was that the American Werewolf in London? Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. Then there was uh, that one. There was some scenes in Yorkshire, right? Oh right, I, and I, so I remember thinking, oh, my, I can't believe the things my mother would allow. So <laughs> let me watch Strange Lovers. You'll not let me watch things like that, or maybe I sneakily watched it. Right. So I remember watching that, and I remember when you know the scripts will come through, and I was like oh my God, we're going to be filming scenes in Yorkshire. I know I'm going to come across a real life werewolf. I mean, <laughs> it was, this was a real thing, I kid you not. And I remember thinking, I was quite anxious thinking, how do I get out of this? Because I really don't want to travel to Yorkshire because having seen that film, can you imagine as a <laughs> eight, nine-year-old at the time or whether, however old I was, but it was a real thing. And I remember thinking anywhere but Yorkshire. I don't want to travel to <laughs> Yorkshire Dales. So yeah. Only because of that film. Yeah, maybe you should have watched Emmerdale instead, and you would have had a much, <laughs> a much a much rosier picture of Yorkshire. And again, we saw the thing where it was genuine concern for Roland because him and Mister Baxter hadn't come back, and then they found out Mister Baxter had injured himself. I was fascinated. Sorry to interject. I was yeah. actually fascinated with Mister Baxter because <laughs> I remember when he was in makeup and. I can't remember. I think his whole moustache and beard was not real. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. This is absolutely fascinating because it looks so real and it yeah. takes so long to put it on with the special glue. And I was just like, he doesn't have a moustache or beard. I think I remember sneaking into the makeup room trying to see if I could put it on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to see if I could put it on myself and what I would look like with a moustache. I just found it fascinating. That would have been amazing to see oh. that way. But there's a bit in that scene where, because, I mean, it, this would never happen now. They had two six-form kids were left in charge of, of all the other kids because they were out looking. But then they find out that Mr. Baxter and Roland have been found and Stupot makes a point of telling Janet separately that Roland's okay and I really like that. Lovely little moment. Yeah. But then, the end of that series is the, the school disco and it's an iconic ending. I think it's one of those ones that you remember because of True playing and Claire and Stupot getting back together. And then there's all these people dancing with each other and Janet's sitting at the side with Diane and I just thought, surely that would have been the moment for Janet to go and ask Roland for a dance. Sure, I, I mean, think, he, he... I think she wanted to, <laughs> but you know, just didn't have the courage yeah. to. Didn't she? Yeah, God, it's so funny. Uh, you know, she had the courage to say everything else. <laughs> he probably a nice little cheeky dance. To be to um, be fair, he probably would have told her where to go, wouldn't he, Roland? Oh, completely. <laughs> to be honest, but again, even if he had done. I don't think she really cared about rejection or anything. She's yeah. very much like, well, you know, it's your loss. I think she's she was very much like that. Yeah. I think her, if I remember, I remember Wardrobe saying, oh, you know, if you've got any kind of nice fancy disco clothes, <laughs> trying to go through my wardrobe with my mother, thinking, do you think this would look nice on camera? <laughs> it's just so bizarre. It's, you know, having that kind of conversation with your mother. Um, but yeah. Right. Okay. And then, Series 8 was the, the the year of the big merger of the three schools and you had a load of new people coming from Brookdale and Rodney Bennett, which I always thought was bizarre, the fact that the Rodney Bennett kids, even though they lived in the same area, all spoke really posh. Right. I, I just thought it was really strange that, that, that they did that. Banksy's teasing Roland 
And Janet sort of walks away from it. And one of the girls asks, asks, says, why aren't you sticking up for him? And someone else says she's probably had enough of uh, being, not being appreciated. And she probably had by then as well. I think at that point, she's <laughs> just like, you know what? It's just never going to sink in. <laughs> and he's never going to appreciate me. And, you know, you're on your own. <laughs> you're on your own, Roly. That's it. Definitely. And there was another, I mentioned earlier, there was a racism bit with Gripper, but there's another bit with the two girls, Mandy and Sarah. Janet had seen them breaking a window and one of the teachers questioned them on it and they assumed that Janet uh, snitched on them, basically. But they used some quite offensive terms. And even when you watch it now and you just think, that went out on a kid's TV programme. Like, you know what? It was the thing with Graham Chill and the way it was written, it was really kind of raw. And yeah. I think the reason why so many, <clears throat> well, you had all demographics of kids watching Grain Chill uh -huh. relate to it, because it did reflect how school life was like. Um, they didn't sugarcoat anything. No. And, you know, Phil Redman was really good, as he did with Brookside, really tackling very kind of um, kind of forefront issues. Um, and that's why it was so relatable. And that's why it was so popular. You just yeah. think, you know, how long uh Grangeal went on for and how it was very much a show which was on top of its game because yeah. it did tackle real life problems so um and issues. Yeah. So why try and mask it when exactly you know... yeah yeah definitely and that year was the year of the French exchange and yeah. we met you've mentioned it before but we met Janet's mum for a for a, a scene in that one and Oh, this bit was really strange to me. Janet was given the wrong people, which <laughs> was at first, but then it was all sorted out. And I, it just seemed like a really strange thing to put in because it didn't affect, like, from what we saw, it didn't really affect anything that had, had gone on. But then in that, the girl that she ended up with was much more mature than Janet. And, and there, was a, there was a scene with a party and Janet was really worried that they were going to be getting home late because this girl wants to stay out late. But then a young French lad put it, puts his arm around Janet and it's all forgotten about. You know what? I <laughs> and I can't remember the, the talent's name, but um, I remember thinking, oh, God, that's a little bit risky. You know? <laughs> arm being put around me um, as, a, as an actor. But, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I think I think the, the character's name was Patrice. I think. Oh um, maybe. I got. I really maybe I should revisit. I should. Revisit, revisit and then, this. and then Roland was obviously infatuated with Fabienne at the time yeah. and was speaking French all the time. And Janet actually told him off for speaking French all the time as well, even though he was happy. You know, she wanted yeah, to be happy. <laughs> like, I know. Uh, like but, double standards. Double yeah. standards. And then. We also found out that Janet had an aptitude for art as well. And there's one scene where she gives Roland the birthday card that she'd made herself. And while she's giving him the birthday card, the deaf kid who she was supposed to be looking after got hit by a car. And she, <laughs> and she felt so guilty, so guilty make it up. about it. <laughs> the thing about the French exchange was it seemed to go on. For ages, didn't it? It was just like it was nearly all the whole series, and I just thought, well, these, oh, kids, these kids have been away from their own for months. Uh, I think with anything with kids, you know, if they're you know experiencing you know different things at any given time, then you know what would seem quite long, it doesn't seem long, long. It's yeah. like you know, yeah, 
And then Janet went off Patrice sort of towards the end and he was talking about writing to her and she was like, no, it's okay, don't worry. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, the cheek of it. Uh, yeah, because Pen Pal, <laughs> it was, quite, it was um, quite popular. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was. It was. And then Janet was the, also the one, again, Roland sent her here, that she worked out Roland had gone to Dover or had stowed away to France and ended up going to Dover with Roland's dad to meet her. We don't actually see that. She just talks about that. And then after after that series was the Christmas special, one of the two Christmas specials that Grange Hill did. And Roland, it becomes apparent, is going to be on his own for Christmas Day. And so Janet's there to the rescue. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Just without, without speaking to any of her family, Inviting someone round. <laughs> yeah, that was it. You know, it was a done deal. You know, I think she probably always wanted him around for Christmas. And, you know, the she seized the opportunity. Yeah. And so then that, that sort of carried on a little bit into series nine when she found out Roland was living on his own a lot because his dad had become a long-distance lorry driver. And he was he was quite often, he'd, he'd be asking Janet to help, help her out, you know, like with alterations and, or their clothes and things. But there's a scene where Roland is trying to tell Janet something about Zamo. Either he knows, you know, he's found out about Zamo and his drugs and stuff. But at the same time, Janet's only looking at Roland and trying to figure out what's going on with him. And she's she's worried about him being on his own and focusing on him. And in the end, Roland, like, he loses his rag with it and, and walks off. Yeah, I think they just had, you know... I always used to think that maybe Roland kind of deep down appreciated that, you know, uh -huh. Janet was always there, but equally always found her quite irritating. Yeah. But, you know, again, like I said, you know, everything that Janet did always came from a good place and yeah. she didn't mean any harm and she didn't want to be come across irritated. Actually, you know, I don't even think it came into her head, even if, she, you know, she came across irritated. I don't think she really cared. No. Because her main focus was that she just wanted her mate to be okay. Do you do you, um, do you think there was ever any romantic intentions from Janet? I think she more. I think she would have looked at him more like a brother. Yeah, that's what I've always. I genuinely have always yeah, thought I just that. Don't think because you know, if you really think about it, if Janet was older, she you know she wouldn't be seen with someone so big. Uh -huh. You know, she yeah. wants to be someone really healthy. <gasps> yeah. Conscious. Yeah. So I don't think she would have ever really looked at him in that way. Or it would have, it would have even, you know, come across. She just wanted to make sure that he was okay. Yeah. I don't think there was any romantic element at all. I don't I don't remember getting that kind of um, you know, idea that uh -huh. there could be some kind of romantic involvement at all. Right. Yeah. No. I. I, was, well, I know that. I know a lot of people be like, "Oh, it would be really good if those two got together." And you know that whole journey of their back and forth relationship. And yeah, yeah. maybe it would have been. Who knows? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I've always said what what you've said there. She just wanted to look out for him, didn't she? She was yeah. just a nice person. Okay. So then, the very end of that series was the fun run, and against you know, rather than take part in the fun run. She was helping Roland <laughs> with the with the refreshments. Yeah. Uh, would, would that, that have been would, be right. would that have been your choice not to have taken part in the? Football? No, I was very sporty. Right, loved sports, so uh -huh. I would have definitely been involved. <laughs> right, okay. About it. okay. So then, obviously, around that time was just say no, which was uh, you know everyone knows it was a massive 
massive thing that went on. And, you know, you, you obviously you sang on the record and you're in on the video quite a bit doing the singing. I remember that. That was so, I mean, it was very daunting for me. Anybody who knows me, I, I, my, my singing voice is so offensive. <laughs> it really has no business being broadcast anywhere. But, um, you know, like I said, there were, you know, kids who came from a stage school background. And so singing and dancing, you know, I danced a lot, but singing, no. And so they were very confident singers. And I remember they were like saying, well, you know, you've got to sing a few, you know, verses with Roland. And I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to be, you know, lumbered <laughs> with Erkan again. Um, so I remember... Oh gosh, I remember the, the excitement of going to Abbey Studios. I think it was at Abbey Studios. Yeah, I, I believe That's it really was. Cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was brilliant because it's Abbey Studios, okay. Um, but putting the headphones on and pretending to sing—it was just like all so cheesy. I remember feeling so ridiculously uncomfortable. Right. Um, but you know, I got on with it. I was yeah. so professional. But I do remember thinking, "Oh gosh, I can't believe I'm in this situation." <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a bad tune, actually. Yeah. No. Did were you involved in any of the other songs on the album they released? I doubt it. <laughs> it's okay. I doubt it, and probably a good thing. Okay. Now, obviously, that led to some of the cast going to USA and visiting Nancy Reagan at the White House, and I know that there was a little bit of animosity from some members who were picked, and you know the members that of the cast who weren't picked to go. Were you aware of any of that? going on uh, at the time also, I think initially I was supposed to go oh, right. I believe it was to do with um the amount of time I had off from school uh-huh. like I said with regards to child licensing there's only a certain amount of hours that you can do right. that whole travel thing so and I think because I was so young you know traveling to the states but mm. um you know it I, I I think I was just too young to really care about right. who was picked for this who was picked for that I just yeah you know. Okay, okay. So then, it's series ten, nineteen eighty-seven, and your year group has gone to sixth form, but Janet wasn't with them. Whose idea was that for you not to be? In um, I can't remember. I it's, the thing is, we always had our contracts renewed. Right. I think it was every year, but I remember I got to the point where I just didn't want to. I just did, didn't want to film anymore. I didn't want right. to be in it so I wonder if it was that was the case why I, I wasn't in the sixth form uh-huh. I remember I really honestly it was so long ago <laughs> but um I think it was that element that you know I was quite happy not to renew my contract uh-huh chill so so what did you do so after Grain Chill um I continued I just wanted to be a normal child <laughs> <laughs> A normal child that I can go to the cinema and hang outside McDonald's and not be harassed by the I mean, public. <laughs> what, was, what was the public reaction like? I mean, yeah, look, most, uh, to be honest with you, because my character was deemed as very, very sweet, uh-huh. um, I had a lot of fan letters of kids writing to me saying, oh, can you come to my, it's really quite sad, actually. Can you come to my school because I'm being picked on and, you know, maybe you can talk to them and sort them out. And so... Mm-hmm. I had more people wanting to be my friend and me having to step in and help them out if they're being teased and bullied at the time. But, you know, you can imagine, like I said, because Grange was so big and everybody knew Grange Everybody knew the theme tune. Everybody knew the characters. 
you you know, I couldn't just go to Woolworths and, you know, get, you remember those, you know, 1P pick and mix? Yeah. As I'm showing my age now. But, you know, you couldn't just do normal things without literally getting bombarded by the public. And you just think, God, because you can get, like, grown adults just surrounding you and sometimes you just want to be left alone. Oh, yeah. But having said that, I'm so grateful it's not in this day and age. And, you know, the whole thing with like mobile phones and, you know, it was all very, <laughs> yeah. nothing was kind of recorded <laughs> and, you know, sold yeah. TikTok or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think I just wanted to live a very normal life. Uh, so, nice. <laughs> so did you then step away completely from acting? I pretty much knew that no I didn't step away from acting Um, I was you know really very much into my art and I went to um, a theatrical school where I did drama predominantly Uh and obviously all the academic stuff as well Um, and I wanted to learn about fencing and you know backstage production stuff so I was really interested in behind the scenes as opposed to being in front of the camera Uh so I did do all of that stuff and I did go to drama college because I wanted to learn about method acting, but not necessarily to be in front of the camera. It's just another skill that I wanted to add um, to my bow. Um, But yeah, it was definitely behind the scenes, which interested me the most. Brilliant. And when you left that school then, did you then go straight to? When I left to school, um, I think I did my A-levels, went to uni. And then, yeah, did drama. Um, and then I kind of worked for a production company um, for a bit, which was really, really good, doing lots of commercials. Uh-huh. Then um, I kind of went into the music side of things and worked for Simon Fuller for nearly 10 years, wow, which was right. great. Yeah. Um, and that opened my eyes to the music side of things and how that is how that works. Um, and then I think I... I remember I was doing a commercial as a producer and um, there was a voiceover element and that's how I got into doing what I'm doing now, uh-huh. which is voiceover, running a voiceover agency. Uh-huh. I've kind of been doing that for the past, well, nearly 20 years now. Wow. Leave it. But um, yeah. yeah, voiceover. So what's up? What, can you tell us a bit then about your, your company and, and, and stuff then? Yeah, so I had a wise idea that, you know, pandemic hit. Why not just start an agency? I had to, previously worked for um, a a very big entertainment agency um, working on the voiceover side. Um, They closed the division down um, and then I was, I had left that company and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to team up with my business partner um, and set up a voiceover agency. So actually at the time, dare I say, um, when the pandemic came, it was just you know, it just kind of made sense for me to concentrate on the kind of talent that I wanted on the roster. Um, and yeah, and it was kind of a smooth transition because this is what I've been doing anyway, um, except I call the shots and I know exactly who I want on my books. Yeah. So, so that's what I've been doing for the past few years and it's great. Love it. Yeah, brilliant. So that's uh, SN Voices for anyone SN that's listening. Voices, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyone that's listening, anyone needs any voiceover work, get in touch. Yeah, exactly. Get in touch. <laughs> get in touch. I'm always, um, you know, looking at the roster and seeing what voices that I need to have. But yeah. yeah. Brilliant. So are you still in touch with anyone from the cast? Um, On and off, 
right. you know, we would message each other. But I kind of met up with the, you know, Lee McDonald and Todd Carty and Susan Tully and Oka Mustafa and Phil Redmond recently um, uh-huh. when we did our BBC reunion, um, yeah. which was great to physically see everyone. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, every so often, you know what it's like with adult life gets in the way um, Us, yeah you know, that's the worst everybody will know i'm so bad at keeping in touch you know right. <laughs> but um yeah every so often we would message each other brilliant okay coming to the end simona and i've just got a, a few final questions are the same questions i ask at the end of every episode recently there's been talk of a grain chill movie uh, in the works if you were asked, would we see a return of Janice Sinclair? Gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it really does depend. And it sounds so it sounds so bad when I say that. Well, it depends on my schedule. <laughs> depends on my schedule if I can fit that in. Um, I don't know. There's so many different... My thing is, is that I the, the talent that I look after, and that's where my focus is. Yeah. But with that being said, you know, if I thought that that really worked, and Phil is really good at incorporating characters really, really well, then maybe, but maybe. But I mean, I think they've cast everyone now. Well, right, it's okay. You know more I, than I, me. I, then. Don't <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? I'm not saying that with such certainty. So <laughs> on that. Um, but yeah, maybe. Maybe. Right. Oh, I, I think it'd be great just, just to see how... Uh, Maybe there'll uh, be another interest. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> With Rowley, I kind of look at him in a different light. Okay. Other than Janet Sinclair, who is your favourite character on Grange Hill? Oh, gosh. Um, I like Zamo's character, and I really like Faye, Faye's character as well. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And if you couldn't have played Janet... Which other character would you like to have played? Oh, definitely one of the very naughty ones. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> they're always so interesting to play. You know, they always had interesting, you know, scenes. So he was really, like, a really naughty one. You know, one that would answer back to the teachers and make a scene in the classroom. I would, yeah, it would be a, a character like that. Right, someone so, like it, like Imelda or Danny Kendall or someone yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, that would have been great. <laughs> Absolutely superb. Um, Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, then. So the final question, Simone, is why do you think there's still such affection for Grange Hill? Do you know something? I just think, like I said, it was something that was so relatable to all kinds of demographics of kids Uh at the time that they could relate or they could see an element of someone's character in them or a situation that they may have experienced. Um, I went through a phase when I just didn't want to know anything about Grain Chill. As you can see, there's very, very few interviews I've done. Yeah. And, and I just, because it was just something I'd done in my past and, it, you know, but I've now come to the realisation, actually, you know what? It did touch so many people in, you know, in so many different ways. And I got to be part of something so iconic and, and I should be appreciative of that. And so I've kind of come full circle and realised, actually, you know what? I shouldn't you know, be embarrassed or awkward about something like that. It's something that was part of my life. And, you know, people still remember it. They yeah. just, People still recognise my voice. I just don't get it. But they still remember it. And so it is what it is. Yeah. You have to embrace it. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you find it strange that people do remember you? Yeah, because my life has changed so much 
and yeah. I was a little girl. And I was, <laughs> I'm an adult now. Well, I like to think I'm an adult. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it's, it is it is very, very I remember actually, um, I, there was a producer who called the agency and um, we were just talking about a brief for some commercial that he was doing and he needed, to, he was interested in some of my talent. And he goes, can I just stop you there? He goes, just don't, I know this might sound really strange, but you really sound like that bird from Grange Hill. <laughs> And I was like, oh my word, I can't, has my voice not changed? I don't know whether, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a really sad thing. Um, but yeah, and that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Oh, well, brilliant. Well, Simone, thank you so much thank for coming you. on. It, 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 it really has been lovely talking to you. Yeah. It, it, it's been great listening to your experiences. And for anyone who's listening, I'll speak to you next time. Thank you. Bye bye.